I, for one, can say that standing at the top of a tall ledge, it scares me. It, it actually terrifies me, to be honest. Even a 10-foot ledge scares me. I get all these butterflies and stuff in my stomach. Uh, fear of heights is something that I've always struggled with uh, my entire life. But I can say the opposite for my guest. He's a professional at climbing, paragliding. He's a Red Bull athlete. Uh, he's a writer, a guide. But most importantly, he's a parent. Will Gad joins me this week to talk about life in Canada with COVID and how it's affected his career. We also talk about teaching kids risk management, and we briefly touch on his ascension of the Niagara Falls. But before we start this episode, I do want to let you know that there is a video version available now on YouTube, which you can go to at YouTube and uh, search Parent Quest, and you'll see the uh, interview up there. Uh, I also stream on Twitch uh, regularly, so be sure to head over to Twitch tv forward slash parent quest hit that follow or subscribe button and uh, you'll get um, notifications as to when i am live okay let's dive into this discussion with special guest will gad so uh you actually you, you getting a break now in uh, your adventures, your climbing? I think, yeah, things are a little bit slowed down for a bit um, just with this whole COVID thing. And it's really hard to plan anything right now. You know, probably for everybody out there, it's, you can't plan travel really. You can't plan what you're going to do. So you, you got to kind of just roll with it and yeah. see what happens. That's yeah. what I'm doing. And so I, I was, when I realized I had the chance to talk to you, I was thinking, what you do, you're an extreme climber, paraglider, you, you do a whole lot of different things, writer, filmmaker, just everything. You're a man of many talents. Your sport literally seems to be the best sport during this crazy time. Has it affected you in any way? Like like Well, I can still I can still do some version of my job, but okay. part of being a pro athlete is traveling and, and shooting and going to events and um that's all gone, right? Nobody's yeah, traveling. Yeah. And I can't leave Canada right now because if I come back home, then I have to spend two weeks in quarantine. Yeah. And that's, that's not really fair to, well, I'd lose my mind for starters. So yeah. let's, let's just go with that. But it's, 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 it's fair. I, I do, I would not want to be the person that brought COVID back into my community, but it's, it's also not fair for my family and, and, you know, I, I can't do that. So, um, yeah, ev everything's different now. I can still go ice climbing when it, when this first all started. I didn't want to add a drain on the EMS systems, right? Like, I, I didn't want to load my hospital up if I fell off ice climbing and I'm, you know, lying there in the ICU. And we didn't know how big it was going to get at that time. And, and we still don't. Yeah. So, um, this summer around here, things are pretty, pretty laid back. You know, I definitely was doing some guiding and did a fair amount of filming and shooting all in my local area, which has been great. Yeah. So I, I can look at e I can either look at it as a problem and that I can't go climbing and, and do some of the things I used to do before, or as an opportunity to stay local. And I'm trying to look at it as an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's pretty awesome. So <laughs> I, I guess it has affected you in a much more way than I, than I had imagined it would have as far as traveling outside of Canada. Um, yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't go anywhere. And ironically, I was trying to cut down on my jet travel anyhow, but you know, there's some, I'm trying to do some stuff with climate change and change my carbon footprint. So it's, 
I've been super successful with that. Yeah. <laughs> so again, there's, you know, I, I can't say, you know, I, I really miss traveling and, and getting to do the great things that I'm, I'm lucky enough to get to do. But on the other hand, my, you know, I haven't flown on a jet since March and I don't have a ticket booked. And that's the first time in 30 years where I don't, where I'm not traveling and I don't think booked. And, um, you know, I've got guiding work lined up this winter, which is great. I've been doing a lot of speaking and figured out how to make that work online. So that's been great. Yeah. And just less travel, but hey, every, you know, I'm really lucky. There's a lot of people I'm sure out there that are, I took a financial bath, but it was a bath I can handle and, yeah. and it's sustainable at this point. Whereas I'm sure for a lot of people, it's, they're having it rougher. And, and so yeah. I'm, I just need to recognize that I'm, I'm pretty, you know, I'm really lucky and I, and I wish everybody who's battling with it yeah good luck you know yeah hard yeah these uh these times are definitely uh definitely rough Uh, have you have you taken a hit from it or are things rolling along pretty much normal for you uh so i work at the hospital yeah i I mean it's pretty chaotic um right now we are at full capacity and uh thankfully i have not personally been affected by it and my family hasn't either but um we have friends and family members that have gotten it and uh it's it seems to be a whole nother beast to be not to be messed with compared to like mm. the flu so um but they, uh, even the, the younger people and stuff have had a pretty rough ride yeah um yeah we we've got a pretty close uh family member that got got it recently and uh they said it's it's like the flu but worse yeah yeah and and mm. i mean definitely wouldn't want to be in their shoes um right now but you know I, I, I'm, 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 I assume your family members okay now or? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's they're, awesome. They're of, yeah. <laughs> Great, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, I went to the guiding community here really quickly because a lot of it was ski based. And so it got into the hut system, um, a lot of international guests and it got into the hut system, the heli skiing system here. And um, it, so it, it ran in that community. And a lot of those people are, of course, my friends. So I, I in March, I was seeing people who were young, you know, mid thirties or, or, or mid forties at the oldest and, and getting hit with COVID and it really kicked their asses. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, it was rough. And, and then they got better and had after effects, you know, and, and I have one friend in particular who is, you know, it's been nine months or whatever, and he's pretty much back to normal, but he, he was, he was late thirties, super fit guy and no pre-existing conditions. And, and he got hammered and that really made me think that i like you said it's not something to be messed with yeah yeah it's weird because you know there's people that can get it and have very mild symptoms and then people the same age a young age can get it and just get taken out by completely yeah it's a i think overall there's just you know it seems like treatments and and thanks to people like you we have we have better outcomes but um i'm I'm not not enthusiastic i'm not (laughs) my daughter just had to have a test and it has a big impact, you know, we oh, got yeah. the results back. She's negative, it's good but, um, she, she had to, with this test, you know, now, now her climbing programs are in jeopardy. And if she tests positive, then her class, her cohort gets pulled out of school huh. and the kids she was in the climbing program with that gets shut down for them. And so it's, you know, it's, I feel like we are in precarious times again. And, and, uh, I don't know. I don't, I just, I think we have to, I don't know. I, I hope everybody does. I don't want to get locked out again. So I hope everybody, we take the precautions we can yeah. both for what we know the problems are and for the, 
the, the, the problems that we don't know, you know, what, what risk management we call unknown unknowns. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of them. So I, I hope everybody just, Stay let's safe. keep it going here. Yeah. <laughs> Chill out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's hope the long-term effects is it doesn't turn the entire uh, human society into like zombies or something crazy. Well, that would be bad. Yeah. yeah. I'm hopeful that that doesn't, uh, the other coronaviruses don't seem to do that. So hopefully no, no. this one doesn't, but uh, <laughs> we don't know like the, the heart and, you know, I, I, I have a, I, I have 80 hours of first aid and an anatomy course. I, I'm not a medical person, but it, I read the studies and, and I can read, you know, I, it, there are a lot of outcomes that are not very good and we don't mm-hmm. know the effects of that long-term. So as, as a person who manages risk, I'm like, when I really don't understand something, and then I tend to take a step back and I feel like with COVID, I, 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 despite all my reading and engagement, it's very hard to really know with it. So I'm, I'm just hopeful that we do a good job keeping it to a dull roar until we have a vaccine yeah. or, or, or maybe the vaccine won't work. We don't even yeah. know that really like, so see how it works. Yeah. I tell since, since this all has kind of started, we've been pumping in vitamin C and vitamin D and just trying to get like just our immune systems, just, you know, yeah. in top shape, just, to, uh, anything to help ward it off really yeah and all the things that we as parents have to battle with like sleep yeah. <laughs> and fi- especially if you're a young parent and finding time to do the, the things that keep you healthy and yeah it's not easy is it so, no right definitely off. not and, and so two weeks ago um my my oldest daughter got sick with fever cough uh, uh, mild mild fever and it spread it on to myself and then my youngest daughter got it as well and uh I went and got tested. They don't, they're not in daycare. They're not in preschool or anything. So if I tested positive, then I, they probably had it as well. Um, thankfully, the results came back negative. But during that whole time, while I had it, there's that added stress of like, is it this lingering in the back of my head the whole time? Oh, yeah. No, oh, it's something that we have to live with. But <laughs> anyway. well, it's, it's an interesting discussion. And we're all thinking about it, aren't we? Yeah. And try to figure out our path forward. And, you know, I, I like my, you know, I didn't go climbing or, or um, anything that I thought was relatively high risk um, for the first couple months of, of the COVID thing, because I just didn't want to add to the load in the hospital, and then it opened up. But I'm, I'm starting to think as the ICU levels around here get ramped up, and we're maybe going back to a little bit of where we were in the, in the spring. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's probably, for now, in my local system here, things are, are still working, but I'm, I'm I'm going to keep an eye on that. I don't want to be, you know, I don't need to go ice climbing. The world does not need an ice climber today, but it may need an ICU bed. So I, I, I don't want to be that guy. So for now, I'm willing to take that risk, but we'll, we'll see where it goes. You know, you know that's, um, that's really commendable of you. To well, kind of, I, I also want, you know, it could be my dad in there, right? It's like, yeah. it's commendable, but it's all, I don't really, I, I guess, I don't think it's, I actually don't think it's all that commendable. It's just common sense. Like, let's not, we kind of need these systems to function. It's also like the load on them with the, if you can't get your chemotherapy or you can't get your booking to get your, you know, hernia fixed or whatever, like oh. that's already going on here. And so, I'm, I mean, it's, I don't know. I, I just, I just wish everybody the best. And, and I hope we figure out a way forward through this that doesn't get too bad for people. Yeah. So going back to your kids, um, are the, are, is the majority of people in your area homeschooling? No, most people are in school here, okay. and we made the decision to have our kids in school, okay. um, just because it, it looks from everything I can I can read that um, 
certainly up to 14 or 15 or so, you've got less ACE receptors or whatever. Mm. And, and uh, the outcomes seem to be pretty good there. Again, there's unknown unknowns, but you have to balance that against um, the lack of education and the social interaction and their friends and everything else. And then, you know, if I were, if I had some um, pre-existing conditions that I thought were a real problem, then I would think about it differently or, or their mom did or whatever. And then, you know, we would, we would think about it differently, but I still don't know if we made the right decision. <laughs> I guess we'll know, but we decided to go with that. And most people here have, it's a, yeah. it's a relatively healthy community here in general. So, um, and, and I didn't think it was going to last this long, to be honest. I had a homeschooling program set up and ready to kick to that as soon as it went down, but we've, we've gotten a few months out of it, which has been, which has been good for the kids. Yeah. Most people there are homeschooling now or, uh, it's back and forth. We've got people that are 100% homeschooling, um, and then people are sending their kids back to school, and then they're also uh, doing like half and half. So they'll send their kids to school like three days a week and do homeschool two days a week. Mm. And uh, thankfully, I'm not in that situation or the position to make that decision right now because I think that is a very difficult decision as a parent to make because either you, their education is in your hands or you send them back to school where the the higher risk of them possibly getting sick uh exists there yeah and i think we're very lucky to have the option to to choose you know yeah. if you're it's I, I you know it's it's a lot harder when you're a working parent that you know both parents are working full time and you don't can't switch mm-hmm. your schedules around or whatever you know we're i feel pretty lucky to have the option and i think most of all my daughter feels lucky that i'm not teaching her math anymore. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, man's got to know his limitations, to quote Clint Eastwood. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> maybe mine. <laughs> yeah, I, I I, would be in that same boat. I, you know, me teaching my kids math would not be a good thing. It'd be, it'd, it'd be stressful, to be honest. I'd probably be tearing my hair out. Yeah. So, But here we are, and, and uh, going forward, and, and, you know, the good part of it is that I think here anyhow the programs have been able to run which is great for the kids my daughter's enjoyed climbing and you know the other one's enjoyed her gymnastics and you know it's we're wavering right on the edge right now I don't expect that to last a whole lot longer but Mm -hmm. maybe it will and it's been great to have it and I guess for me I've looked at every day where I can have that as kind of a bonus um a bonus day for them and and, you know for us to work and and so on as well and so I mean I've been doing a lot of writing and a, and a, a lot of projects trying to get those done instead of traveling but oddly enough i used to do all my writing on jets so i don't have yeah. my little spot on my jet to write i don't know what to do it's been taking some adapting but this is a first world problem so i've been over overall yeah last you know yeah it really is um aside from writing uh being home much more than you are normally is there anything else that you've kind of picked up any other hobbies or or sports or activities or anything well i think i've been able to eat um a lot better which okay. which i i like you know i've had a lot more i've had more time to, to cook and things i'm about finished the rewrite on my ice climbing book which is important to me and has been mm-hmm. slacking for like three years so um if the mountaineers are watching this your book is on the way it's happening <laughs> <laughs> so i've been able to finish off projects like that and also it's been a good reality check do i really want to travel all the time and 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 is that what I should be doing with my life? And, and no, it's not. 
So um, that's been a good check. It's allowed me to get my carbon footprint down. Um, you know, I've, I've been able to spend more time so than I than I sometimes am able to with my with my kids. And we've done some good backpacking trips and we've had some good adventures. And um, yeah, so it's. I mean, as long as our society is kind of functioning, I feel lucky. You know, it's. Yeah. I think here in Canada, we've had a we've had a pretty lucky, really. You know, our. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I did a lot more rock climbing this summer. It got strong. Well, I climbed a lot with my kids. That was great. And rode a lot and developed some new ideas. So this thing does end. And I don't want to go back to traveling like I did, but I, I would like to travel um, a little bit more and still meet the goals I have for mm -hmm. carbon reduction. Um, so, um, yeah, I don't know. It's been a weird pause, but I, I, I can't say overall it's been bad. It's been been different but useful i think yeah yeah so what is your upbringing with rock climbing i i watched your um so your tedx on youtube recently and i saw i saw the picture of your dad hoisting you up <laughs> that, that was hilarious i i i laughed out loud at that right did your parents do it professionally did they no, I mean, back then there wasn't really such a thing as a professional climber anyhow um mm -hmm. So my dad wasn't a guide. He was a geologist to start with. And uh, then he moved into basically educating and writing about mountain environmental stuff of one, one kind or another. He wrote the top book on the Canadian Rockies. So as a guide to the flora and fauna and everything else in the geology, everything in the Canadian Rockies. And that, you know, but growing up, you know, it, it was something that he just did for recreation and then he would drag me along on those trips. So I spent a lot of time in the mountains as a very young kid, mm -hmm. either doing stuff with my dad or waiting for my dad to come back um, from one adventure or another. I'd sort of get parked up some random place in the mountains and looking back on it, I'm not entirely sure that was a great idea. <laughs> I don't know if I do that with my kids, but um, the, the good thing it did teach me is how to be comfortable in the mountains, how to be um effective at yeah, keeping myself warm and, mm -hmm. and all these base skills that actually make all these mountain sport activities a lot more pleasurable and, and give people a lot more confidence when they have them. So um, I was lucky to do that, but you know, my, my mom was a climber too. And, and so while she was pregnant with me, she, she only stopped climbing when she could no longer see her feet. She said, wow. She's like, she went into the, <laughs> went into the, went into the doctor's office and she's like, the she'd actually burned her butt quite badly because back then you wrapped the rope around your body and slid down it. You didn't have these like tricky belay devices, and right? Gears. So she burned the hell out of her butt and, <laughs> and went in for her, her you know, um, her regular appointment. The doctor's like, What did you do to yourself? <laughs> you <know? laughs> so that was when she stopped, stopped climbing with me. And then she climbed some after I was born as well. But, but uh, like a lot of people, your, your risk tolerance has changed as a parent. Man, that's like she's like super mom. <laughs> yeah, well, she did all kinds of stuff, you know. She took me into the bugaboos with her when I was three, and mm -hmm. got benighted, and you know, kind of punched a bear. You know, all these crazy stories from my growing. But all that did instill a real joy of adventure in me, for sure. Like that's yeah. where I got it. I was like, this is great. And it, you know, when I was in my teens, I was more interested in you know bmx bikes and team sports for mm -hmm. sure but I, I i never really escaped the apple didn't fall very far from the tree so to speak uh, at least the, at least the, the rock didn't fall very yeah. far from the cliff and, and, <laughs> and climbing far lots yeah so was there ever a point where they were kind of 
scared that you decided to do this for a living as like as a profession or were they fully supportive from the get-go with it i well I, my my parents i think recognized that i was not normal at an early <laughs> age you know? i'm not normal the way i the way i go out life is is not normal and, and it took me a while to understand that too i i just didn't understand why the world operated at a different frequency than my mind did i i just now I'm more or less comfortable with it. I know I'm not normal, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> but with them, I think they knew that I needed high-speed, high-intensity things coming in. Mm -hmm. And if I didn't get positive versions of that, then like a lot of adolescents, I would get negative versions. Mm -hmm. And you know, I was very familiar to the RCMP in my small town of Jasper, just because I needed interesting things to happen or I would make them happen. Mm -hmm. And so you could say that I chose this professional athlete life um, and, I, and I did have other careers. I was going to be a lawyer. I used to run a publishing company. I had a qualitative market research company. I can do other things. But that that moment of creating companies or, or creating businesses or creating new climbing projects or whatever, and then figuring out how to do them, that's what I that's what I really, really thrive on and, and like. Um, so I don't know if there's like, maybe I'm unemployable in any other way by this point, other than a pro athlete, adventure guy, writer, <laughs> whatever I guide, whatever I have these days. It's like, did I choose this career? And I just find one that was tolerable enough for my brain. I'm, I'm not entirely sure, but I like it. It's worked yeah. out yeah. well. Yeah, that's, uh, that's excellent. I mean, not a lot of people can say they enjoy what they do for a living. <laughs> Well, that, you know, I got to grind too, like everybody does. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not my favorite thing to, as you know, unfortunately, I'm <laughs> bad at answering emails, <laughs> but I got to sit there and grind through the like 500 emails in my inbox and knock yeah. them down to some kind of tolerable level. And, you know, when I write, I never sit down and think, gee, I get to write now. It's like pulling teeth. Mm -hmm. And then once I get going, it's, you know, I enjoy it a it's lot, good. actually. Yeah. Um, I, I think a lot of people look at it and go, oh, you just get to do what you do and it's awesome. And it's like, I work way harder at not working than I ever worked when I had a normal job. <laughs> I, think, I think the <laughs> never ends. What the people so, see is you on social media climbing and all that stuff. Whereas there's probably a lot more behind the scenes that we don't actually see you do. That's a good point. I should probably be more honest about that. And, you know, <laughs> put up pictures of my like desk or Piping. something. There, you know? yeah. <laughs> That's funny, man. So as a parent, you obviously take your kids with you on adventures and hikes and climbing trips. Um, how, how did you go about teaching them the ways of Will Gad? I mean, is there, uh, is there like a memory or, or, or your first trip that you took them on or a specific lesson that you taught them? Uh, I, I don't, I, I don't know if, I mean, obviously I don't do it as a living. It's not my profession by any means, but I'm interested to know on how you teach your kids, uh, risk management skills and survival skills? Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a couple really direct tools on that, but just as a philosophical point, um, because I've spent so much of my life teaching other people sports, you know, your job as an educator often is to adapt your style so the person learns what they need to learn. Mm -hmm. I think that was pretty useful for parenting because as a parent, you know, I, I, I had this misguided delusion that that I was going to be the one who set the 
who set, you know, set it all down. This is the way it's going to be. And I rapidly figured out that taking more of an educator approach to it and being like, oh, okay, what is the, you know, mm. the younger one is a lot like me. She needs high stimulus stuff every day or she loses her mind. The, the older one um, needs more uh, downtime and reflection. She's an artist and, and that's just how her or she works. So I think going trying to understand how they work and then give them things that work well and the structure, you know, there's rules, but, mm-hmm. um, that's, that was useful for me to look at it more as an education project than a, um, I'm the parrot and that's how it is. <laughs> I, I got some bad intelligence on that. So I had to adapt <laughs> to that pretty quickly and, and I'm still learning. I, I, I always thought I would know what I was doing at some point in my life when it came to both, you know, my job and, and being a parrot and nope, Still making it up pretty much every day, but, you know, and then taking kids out, like kids like going outside. Mm-hmm. They really dig it. So um, for me, taking my kids out from a very early age was, was just what we did. We would go outside and do stuff and they loved it. And occasionally it would go bad, but overall they, they loved it. So the, if, if I were listening to them, which is what you should be doing, yeah. then, um, then it generally went well. And if I were trying to force my version of events on them, then it generally went poorly. So I, you know, one of the big things for taking kids outdoors is to get rid of your goals or change them. Like my goal, especially when the kids were younger was we're going to go for a hike. We're not going to get to anywhere. And if you give that up, then you can just enjoy whatever happens. Sometimes we'd make it 50 feet and they'd play with the log or whatever, or one of their buddies would come and they would take turns jumping off the log. And that's fine we're we're winning just by being outside together that's that's we've met the goal and then you know as they gotten older they become a little more goal oriented for sure and and we try to do certain things but always remembering that the goal is to be outside rather than to like complete something and that helped me deal with it and i think they liked it better too (laughs) yeah oh totally is it horrifying or or horrifying that's a bad way to, to word it, but uh, watching them progress in, in learning how to climb, how to hike. Uh, is there part of you, like, is, is there a parent part of you that's like, uh, like be careful or uh, somewhat, I don't know, scared to see them go yeah. do such extreme stuff? Well, yeah, for sure. Every parent, if they're, offspring is you know in a hazardous environment is worried about it but Mm. right now i can still control their environments pretty pretty heavily and where you know where i would take a guest as a guide might be very different than you know we're not going to go do niagara falls in the backdrop (laughs) that's not an appropriate place to take really anybody um and so i wouldn't take my kids into high-risk situations but what i'm trying to do is teach them the tools so that when i'm not with them they can make decisions about high risk situations. And that's, you know, I think so far they're, they're showing good signs that it's working. And, and again, they've often educated me, you know, the, the, the system we came up for hazard recognition and mitigation started with my older daughter, Marie, when she was quite young, like, I don't know, maybe five. And um, she was trying to cross this log over a little creek and the water's running underneath the log. And I asked her, you know, Marie, what happens if you fall off that log? 
because um, I don't think she'd really thought about it. She's just having fun playing on the log. And it's not a ripping river, right? This is not a lethal situation, but I'm going to be in that creek pretty fast if she falls in on the upstream side of the log and gets pushed underneath because the water is going to do that. And there's, and there's branches hanging down. So she's going to get stuck under this thing pretty quick. And I asked her, you know, what's going to happen? And she thought about it and she's like, well, if I fell in the downstream side, I don't think it'd be any big deal. I'd just stand up. The water's only, a, you know, not very deep. But on the upstream side, yeah, I could get like stuck in. And it was a conversation. And out of that came this idea of, I would ask her, you know, what hazard level are you at? And she developed these three hazard levels. And uh, the first one is bumps and bruises, right? That's your average playground situation. That's like hiking along a trail or, or whatever. And, and if I'd said, you know, what, what hazard level are we at, Marie? And she'd be like, oh, dad, bumps and bruises. You know, I, mm -hmm. I got this. And um, then we'd be, you know, maybe in the mountains hiking along a trail that was more serious with a drop off to the side. And usually she would recognize the hazard because that's the first thing, whether you're doing it professionally for an oil company or as a little kid, is to recognize the hazards. And, and she would say, okay, you know, dad, now this is a little more serious, you know, and if I fell off this, there's like, it's 10 feet down to rocks or five feet. And, you know, it's, this is pretty serious. Like it could go bad and, and be like, okay, what's our level? And she'd be, you know, oh, that's hospital for sure. Dad. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what are we going to do about it? And, you know, and now as they've gotten older, both of them be like, okay, we're going to hike. We're not going to run here. We're going to move um, a little bit slower. We're going to stay on the side of the trail away from the drop. And, um, you know, maybe the younger one is going to hold my hand and I'm going to walk on the outside of the trail, right? Like that's our hospital level, but they have to recognize it and then propose a solution to it. And then we'll be in some like, you know, you're, are you in Toronto? Where are you? Uh, where am I? Located? Yeah. Uh, I am in uh, Huntington, West Virginia. See, Huntington, West Virginia. All right. You know, so like you're, you're not too far from DC or someplace like About that. Six hours. Know? Yeah. Yeah. So you're big, you're in some big city, right? Some heinous place like DC, New York, you know, Denver, one of these places, it's like full on mayhem and we'll be there and, you know, I take him with me on my trip. So we'll be hiking around and I'm like, so, you know, what happens if you, if you let go of my hands and run into traffic and they'll look up at me and be like, death, dad, <laughs> death. <laughs> and, and I'm not trying to freak them out. Like they get the concept that there are high consequences and, so I'll ask them, what are we going to do? And they're like, we're going to hang on to your hand. We're not going to like go out in the street unless the signs lit up. You know, we're starting to figure out these walk signs. And we're going to make sure that we have other people that are going with us. And mm -hmm. they're, they're thinking about it. Yeah. And, and, I'm, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to scare them with the death thing. But, no. Um, what, what I want them to do is, is to be free to move among all the hazards that are out there. Like it's... There's not that many, actually. There's this huge area of freedom if you can recognize and mitigate risk um, that they can operate in. So, like, my kids hit the playground, they're going to own it. They're like, dad, <laughs> bumps and bruises. No, they have. <laughs> and then getting back to, you know, your original question, now my daughter's 13. She's starting to go out with her friends and get into situations that um, I don't have a direct handle on anymore. And so she has to make those decisions. Yeah. And I want her to go back to that hazard level and to understand the consequences. And I hope that over time we develop some kind of programming where it's like she automatically assesses risk. And so she doesn't get into a car with somebody who's been drinking. Mm -hmm. She sees that as a real hazard. And then that frees her up. You know, she can like live the rest of her life with, with relative freedom. But that's the goal is to like produce 
offspring that have like skills to manage life. And so that's, that's how I've approached it. And, and I hope it's useful to them. And I gotta tell you one quick story, but I heard him arguing the other day, that was a few years ago, actually, but they were up in the treehouse, and my treehouse is pretty legit. It's like 10 feet off the ground. And uh, they were arguing whether it would be bumps or bruises, like a group of little friends. They're all out there. <laughs> and they're arguing, like, would it be bumps or bruises, hospital or death if they fell out of the treehouse? And I, I don't think the answer really was all that important. What was important was the conversation. Mm-hmm. I was like, my job here is done. Yeah. They, they yeah, they, it, they took know? what you said. And they're, they're, they're using it. Yeah. I was like, if, that's all I needed to hear. It's like, mm-hmm. was it, they're arguing quite hard about it. Like, no, if you land on your head, that could be death. <laughs> if you landed on that rock, <laughs> it was, it wasn't even just, it wasn't my kids. There were other kids up there too. And they're like, no, 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 no. Bumps and bruises. You'd land on your feet and roll. It'd be fine. And like, and you're like, well, if we just stay away from the edge, you know, and it was this, and I just, I was just like, this is great. Yeah. You know, like, and I, and I use the same system with my guests in the mountains. It's like, what kind of trainer are we in? And what are the outcomes? And are we comfortable with them? And the same things used by like, I, I, I talked about this with, at an oil company a while back. And they knew they now have that in their handbook for like risk analysis and mitigation. And I, I love that, that there's these big burly oil guys out there like bumps and bruises, hospital dead. <laughs> I love that. I'm gonna start. Uh, I'm gonna start using that. That's genius. I mean, it, it's a good way to teach them as at a young age, you know, how to avoid certain dangers. Yeah, and, and they. I mean, it was a thing we developed together. That wasn't my my system. It was something we kind of developed, and mm-hmm. it started with that situation of going across the log and and just trying to to talk about it and get used to recognizing it. Because like, if I tell them be careful. That's pretty meaningless. There's no specific inf- actionable information in there, right? Yeah. But if I'm like, okay, in this situation, you know, here's the hazard and here's what we're going to do. And it's even better if they've come up with that information themselves. Like, okay, dad, like, what do we do? So we're in an airport together and my kids and I have been traveling through airports since I was, since they were very young. And we talked about like, what are we going to do if, if you get split off from me? What's, what's the plan going to be? And it's, it's, it's not a super high hazard situation in an airport. But that planning and contingency and thinking so that they're like, okay, I'm going to go over, I'm going to go up to one of those people at the counter and I'm going to tell them that I've lost you and we need to find you. And mm-hmm. like, okay, reasonable plan. We, and I don't worry about them in the airport. I know they're not just going to run around randomly mm-hmm. without a plan. They're going to like Macaulay Culkin lost some yeah yeah it's not gonna be it's and they're not afraid they're not like oh man somebody's gonna abduct me although we have talked about that yeah it's like this is super rare let's you know but what are the odds of this happening and and we talk about it and how do you know and i I hope they never have to use that information but it gives them a lot more freedom and and understanding and confidence to think things through and make their own decisions that's what i'm that's what i'm really hoping as a parent happens yeah, we'll see. So far, it's working, but it's you know they're a lot like me, and they're gonna go for it. Yeah, I'd say they are. So, when is the book from Bumps and Bruises to Death coming out? <laughs> I don't know if you'll buy it. Maybe I'll write it, but yeah. I, I, I'm not. <laughs> I will buy it. Well, thanks, man. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, you get. I'll send you a copy if I. But it's. <laughs> I, that's. I just want. I want them to think that way and to develop their own risk management kind of software, if you want to call it that. That's we're yeah. all running it, right? Like we're all making decisions about what we're going to do, and I. I think rather than telling them how it is, I, I just hope that they start developing those processes and 
like I said, if they're they were they're fighting in the treehouse, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it, yeah, that's uh, that is awesome. It's a good story. It's like a, you gotta like pat yourself on the back for that one, or yeah, for like thirty seconds, I felt like a great dad, and then I was like, <laughs> wait a minute, I'm blowing all these other areas. <laughs> it was like there was a momentary flush if I got that part right that day. So that that was good. Yeah, it is. Well, well, I don't want to keep you much longer here. Um, I appreciate you coming on. It's been a real treat. And uh, hopefully, maybe I get you back on in the future at some point in life. Maybe when uh, a book comes out or you get a new film out or something. Um, well, I'd love to. I'd love to do that again. You know, where in West Virginia? I know West Virginia a little bit, but uh, you know Charleston. Yeah. So about thirty minutes north of Charleston. Okay, I know. I know roughly. I mean, I I, I don't know if you ever have been to Seneca Rocks in West Virginia. Yeah, we drive um, through there. Yeah, so that's what two, three hours from you. Yeah, Maybe. yeah. So I spent a few, I spent some time there in high school. Um, I went to school in New Hampshire um, for a couple of years, and then somehow wound up climbing at Seneca Rocks, and <laughs> that's a great adventures there. Just the whole, I don't know whether you technically consider yourself southeast in West Virginia or not, but I, I had just an amazing trip through that part of the world. But yeah. I, I'd love to still have family in Virginia and in uh, your near charlottesville virginia so yeah love that part of the world and and, yeah uh, it's funny people i don't know think of west virginia as just a boring state and no man full of depressed obese people but no uh, it's it's a gorgeous state and and if anyone ever gets a chance to drive through it or just even hang out even where i live here everybody's so laid back and easy going and uh it's it's a pretty place to live on on the earth it, it is a great place to live on the earth and great kayaking too great yeah. rivers and climbing and you know it's, i don't want to get we're getting way sidetracked right it's here all right, but, it's all right. i mean growing, growing up in canada i had this perception of the southern southeastern u.s mm-hmm. and and it it i think it gets not not treated very well right um, sometimes it's it, you know I, and and then I, I ended up just by sheer chance spending a bunch of time in 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 west virginia at seneca rocks met all these great people had these great experiences you know had people take me into their homes and and uh, then i spent a bunch of time paddling um all over from sort of tennessee and and a bunch of those rivers and you've been in the river what's that you've been on the new river yeah the new the cheat the golly the yawk all these great rivers out there and i don't know just it just and then I've been lucky enough to go back for business a bunch as well. And yeah. I'm a fan of the southeastern. Yeah, area. it's it's nice. I I didn't realize, but people are starting to do um, river surfing here. Oh yeah, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Pretty. Well, there's, uh, just, there's just so much to do, and, and yeah. there's space to do it in a way that often is hard to find. You know, you want to live in a mountain town in the western U.S. You're gonna. It's very hard to have a job and a house, whereas. You know, you can still find places to live where you are and, mm-hmm. and all, all up and down that kind of corridor that, I don't know, anyhow, I'm, I'm yeah. a fan, so um, <laughs> let's stay in touch. And, <laughs> yeah, that would be great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where can people find you? Where can they find your stuff? And Well, um, yeah, if anybody's interested, it's it, Instagram's Real Will Gad, okay. and um, just search for Will Gad. It comes up pretty quick, or there's willgad.com. And if people want to hit me with an email or or whatever, ask questions. I'm, I do respond to that. So it just takes me a while as you unfortunately know, and my apologies. For that. <laughs> All um, right. But I, I, I will get back to you and um, yeah. And we're, 
we're all trying to figure out this this crazy ride and uh you know if i can help other people with that or just a question or, or whatever i'm totally totally happy more than happy to do that so yeah please hit me up nice uh, one last question um uh, it's uh, it's i'll just go ahead and ask it what was the feeling like climbing to the top of the niagara falls right when you step right when you took your last like step up to there <laughs> that is pretty great there is there is so much energy and time and work that went into that you know i the safety plan was measured in feet eh like it mm-hmm. was it was massive and i had to fly to buffalo um eight different times to meet with every level of state government in new york and you know, I, I put basically two years of my life into that project with some other great people too. I had a lot of help on that from, from Red Bull and, and other people and um, learned so much about how things work and why. And finally to get to climb it, to go from no, 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 that's way too risky to, wow, we might get some great benefits and, and yes, you're crazy, but you're not crazy mm-hmm. <laughs> in a loose way, you know? And and if we did this, we'd have positive outcomes that might help us sell, sell hotel rooms in Niagara Falls and mm-hmm. all that work, all that understanding what people wanted and, and how to make it work. And to finally stay on top of it. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. But you know, the best part was the permit said only will GAD ever, right? Like nobody else shall ever climb Niagara Falls. Mm-hmm. I developed a relationship with the head of the New York state police department detached with there and He's a pretty hard guy. When I turned to him and I was like, hey, sir, you know, maybe Sarah could climb this as well. She's been down there for a long time. And he's like, oh, yeah, go ahead. So he got to climb it too. So that was pretty awesome. It was awesome, man. It That's was cool, really man. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll let you go. Um, again, thank you very much. Appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I hope you have a good evening and uh, maybe we'll get in contact in the future. I look forward to it and best of luck. I hope you and your family and your community stays healthy. And uh, yeah, it's uh, we're all in this together. So hopefully we'll get through it in, in a good way. And uh, yeah, best of luck to everybody. Well, thank you thank for having you. me on. Hey, anytime. Will, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to chat with me on Parent Quest. You have no idea how much it meant to me that you... Uh, responded to my emails so yeah thank you very much as for you lovely listeners again you can check out this episode of parent quest on youtube now there's a video interview that is live on youtube just search in parent quest and you'll see it there also again i stream regularly on twitch.tv forward slash parent quest be sure to head over there give me a follow and uh, you'll get notifications as to when i go live Um, will is available on facebook and instagram Check out Will Gad on Facebook. Check out Real Will Gad on Instagram. As for me, I am on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Type in Parent Quest and you'll find me there. I'd love to hear from you, lovely listeners, especially through Anchor.fm. You can now leave me voice messages. Send me your your uh, promos. Send me your questions. I just want to hear your lovely voices, please. And as for this episode of Parent Quest, I feel like I can officially say that this quest has been completed. 